KPF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. Up next at 3 p.m., Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Thanks for listening. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the up boys that's right light them up <laughs> that's a picture <coughs> it's a picture of jingle bells this is jennifer stone with stone's throw today is tuesday december the 21st 2010 winter solstice folks it's my favorite day of the year day it's night my favorite night of the year Pagans, pagans celebrate at night in the evening. You know how that goes, all Hallows' Eve. It's the night before Christmas. Once upon a time, it was called the Night of the Mother. Uh, I used to use the Latin for that, but I, I'm trying not to be pretentious. In the old religion, you know, they celebrated in the dark. Uh, I was so glad to learn that stuff because... It's my time, the night time, you know. I can't stand all this business of making the kids go to bed and be quiet and, you know, they can't sleep all night. And I just figure we open the presents, get it all over with. <laughs> what agony for poor little kids trying to sleep, you know, before the excitement begins. I used to get up and go downstairs and fall asleep on the sofa. Anyway... I did go out and look for the moon last night. Now, I asked my engineer if she went out. Veronica, did you go out and look at that? Did you go to see that moon last night? I well, did my best, really. Good. But, uh, this is Veronica I... Faison. She's going to tell me about the moon. <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't know, dear. I did see something. I think it was the moon. <laughs> and it was around 1130. And it seems to me part of it didn't look normal. Does that sound right to you? That Jennifer? sounds right. I asked my son out in Bolinas, and he said that by one o'clock it was uh, solemn, somber. I think he said somber. I got to thinking out there on my back balcony, and I thought, I'm so sick to death of socio-political angst. I thought to myself, I'd really much rather. Do the back-to-nature trip and go sit out in the forest and, you know, uh, jump around like the little Zen monk and hug the trees and, oh, anyway. Well, Jennifer, let me ask you this. You read a lot. Did mm. you read anything that suggested <laughs> that this particular eclipse of the moon was a warning or maybe i've read too many signs yeah yeah you have dear <laughs> as somebody on a radio station said you know uh another year another eclipse of the moon actually 
uh, somebody else said that we don't get this kind of red, red moon for another 360 years, so I guess I'll just have to wait around till it comes back. I always loved the Mark Twain story, you know, about coming in on Halley's Comet and going out on Halley's Comet. That would make you feel like uh, at least a demigod, you know. No, I'm ready to to become a a nature poet. I'm sick to death of uh, reality or whatever we call it. Uh, You know, society, um, social responsibility, blah, blah, blah. I went back in and I dug out a couple of old books and then I thought, uh, probably, well, I thought, why don't I get old-fashioned and read A Child's Christmas in Wales, you know, by Dylan Thomas. Couldn't find it. I found Under Milk Wood as a terrific long poem. And I read a little bit of it and I thought, well, 1953, maybe over this holiday, maybe I'll just excerpt some little bits of it. I'm scared to death to read, you know, long pieces of literature. People have a fit. They say, oh, no, don't read, don't read. I got a note in the mail here about uh, people reading something about oral tradition and literature. You know, it's a salon, but it said, no reading, no reading. Well, I'll have to think about it. Uh, I recommend Dylan Thomas's Under Milkwood if you are in the mood. Actually, there's a wonderful recording by Richard Burton, if you can find it. Uh, I thought maybe I'd dig around my um, my files, my archives, and see if I could find that. But it will turn up. It will turn up. Anyway, I just thought that I would try this year to do something a little different. Something that didn't feel like all the old Christmases, you know. First off, I tried to deal with the solstice, but I don't really know anything about it. I think I should leave it to Ozy Budapest or Louisa Tisch, all of our local holy women, you know, because they, they know the score. I have a big book called The Woman's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets. That's what I recommend if you want to be a good scholar. It only costs $20 in paperback. It's Barbara G. Walker's super, super um, uh, reference book. It's uh, the best buy for Christmas, folks. If you want to help someone begin to look uh, into the past, you know. It isn't, it isn't so difficult. Just, you know, a few reference points. A uh, little research on old world customs, you know, feminist narratives. Makes me feel much better to know that all this tinsel <laughs> is is really all about glamour, uh, about spells, about casting spells, and, uh, well, let's call it seduction. We're so lucky to have all this stuff now. Uh, everywhere you turn, it's what they call New Age stuff. I don't care if it's crystals or rocks or stones. Uh, it's all about the ways in which human beings lived before, before those PR dudes, you know, the public relations patriarchs, you know, sold us out, stole all our symbols and even our language, you know. I want to bring back that time when there were no illegitimate children. 
You remember there was such a time uh, my mother used to refer to uh, children born to single mothers. I believe that's the word we use today. Single moms. Yes, what a term. Uh, she called them natural children. <laughs> she insisted that Jesus, Jesus Christ himself, was a natural child, no question. Do you think there's really such a thing as a single mom? That's what I'm wondering about. How about that? It takes way more than a village to raise a child, and either you consciously construct your village, I believe, or uh, it just happens sort of randomly. I don't know. There, I always assume that we were part of a clan, you see. I always figured there's a group of women, and this nuclear family stuff... Uh, that's a very recent invention, and it's very unnatural, as far as I can tell. Uh, see, the way my mother figured it, see, Joseph came along, and he took Mary out of one of those homes, you know, places where women took care of each other when they got pregnant. Um, maybe, you know, the, the code said that they were, uh, well, that they had done something naughty, but... Uh, since they were young and lovely, uh, the older males came along and they said, well, okay, I'll, I'll take that one, you know, if she's pregnant. Uh, I'll um, take her and the baby, you know. Now, of course, though, if you believe the gossips, well, you know, in the case of um, Jesus' mother Mary, uh, the gossips thought that God had had his way with her. <laughs> anyway, or Gabriel. Gabriel had his way with her. In any case, in any case, uh, this nativity drama goes back way, 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 oh, millennia before uh, uh, Christianity. You know, there's always been a divine child. It's just a metaphor, one more metaphor. Christians um, are just, what is it, um, Plagiarists, you know, they rewrite the whole thing, and of course... They're revisionist historians. Right. They observe it in the dark time of the winter, which used to be a very, very pagan... Uh, oh, you know, think of it, try to get back into the... Not all the way back to the caves, get back as far as uh, the Stone Age, you know. I was looking at Quest for Fire the other night, that old movie... And the dude's sitting there, and he's running his hand over his uh, his woman's belly and looking up at the moon, this big glowing moon. And the filmmakers try to make her stomach look like the moon. And he's having what I think they call an aha experience. <laughs> I, I don't think, uh, well, I, I don't recommend Quest for Fire, but it was a trip of a movie. Uh, this... This morning, I I started to, well, I started to really worry because I'm mourning the loss of all these immigrant children, the ones who had applied for a place at the inn, you know, the Christ story. They wanted a home in this country because they've lived here most of their lives and uh, their parents had the good sense to come here. And, of course, they are part of our culture, 100% part of our tribe. But the Congress, the folks in Congress decided to cut them off at the pass, deny their dream and leave them legally homeless. 
What was the president said? He said, uh, uh, oh, he said, um, disappointing. I can't remember whether he said deeply disappointing or, um, yeah, he did say deeply, deeply disappointing. But I think they're going to pass it. You know, they'll be too guilty because somebody's going to have like, uh, a relative who's half. Oh, sure. We'll figure. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure an angle. But, yeah. you know, the spirit of the times was a little bit like uh, Scrooge, you know, right. Jingle Bells. Before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. yeah we, we do. You know, we need a Charlie Dickens to write another story about the cruelty of the, uh, what do we call them? Um, I don't I don't think we ought to call them patriarchs. But, but Jennifer, you know, in the Christmas Carol story, he's visited by three ghosts, right? Right. What can we send them, and what would the ghosts do? <laughs> that you know, that's in keeping with modern times. I don't know. I was thinking of sending those five Democrats who voted, uh, you know, against the bill. All the Republicans, of course, uh, uh, voted against, but the the five Democrats who went over to the Republicans and uh, killed the bill. I thought we could send them. Uh, oh, maybe. Um, Oh, I, I think a tent. Yeah, I want him to get a tent so that, like um, the uh, <laughs> like the guy who's running Venezuela, you know, uh, he took a tent and pitched it outside the palace or the the office or something, and the ruler of the country moves into the tent and gives the. Uh, the castle, the palace, or the Oval Office, whatever, to the people who are um, homeless. That would be a nice Christmas gesture, you know. But in any case, I figure these these guys will reap what they sow. We all know that, that story about the chickens coming home to roost because... And they have teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Any tribe, you know, that harms its children, that's like a snake eating its own tail. Yes, little sharp teeth. We are an immigrant nation, as everybody knows. Um, <laughs> or as Dylan Dahmer said, yes, we are a musical nation. I wish we were. Gosh, I wish we were. Actually, he's Welsh, so he is um, part of a musical nation. I looked by accident uh, a couple nights ago. I saw on television something called the Children's Christmas Parade in Oakland. And I didn't even know there was one. Where have I been for the last 10 years? Me neither. So well, tell me about it. It was wonderful. I thought, my gosh, you know, I, I, I was looking around to see if there, uh, you know, I thought there must be some white kids. And I, I counted a few, but I think it's happened. We are a Creole country. Maybe it's because they were they were a musical. They were the bands and all the uh, uh, I don't even know what they call those squads of girls who come out with the pom poms and do all the good stuff at the uh, halftime in the games. Anyway, there they were all marching down the street. There was a lot of commercial stuff, you know, like um, TV characters uh, in big balloons, you know, the sort of thing we see in the. The parade at Thanksgiving. Uh, I think the biggest one weren't any Snoopies. I kind of liked uh, Lucy and uh, and Charlie Brown, but uh, the students were just fantastic. And I thought, from what is it? From my time, half a century ago until today, uh, we have had a complete. What's the word? Uh, uh, 
Or was it Du Bois said that the problem of the 20th century would be the problem of the color line? Well, we have followed that line, that bloodline. And the truth is, we are a brown nation. I'm going to get all kinds of nonsense about that because people are insane about their identity politics. Uh, well, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that uh, the European Americans are no longer in the majority? Tell the truth. Uh, I don't know. I think we've we got to face it. Uh, the numbers, hmm, the California numbers are different. Oakland is different. I think uh, somebody called it a balkanization. You know, they said, pretty soon we're going to have a... We're going to have a big circle, a big, uh, uh, what do you call that, uh, a big pocket in the middle of the nation, uh, the flyover, we usually call it, all those states, uh, the white bread states, you know, in the middle of the country. Uh, I, I don't know. Obviously, we're going to have, um, we're going to have huge variations, but the numbers are, there's no question about it, California is definitely going to be uh, uh, Spanish, what is it, uh, was and will be by uh, the middle of the century. Uh, we will be not just an immigrant nation, but we will be uh, the world's best mixer. We've got a mixer going here. Uh, well, you know, I, back, I remember a conversation, Jennifer, back in the 70s, in which it was predicted in a very short period of time, and before 2000, that uh, people of Latin extraction in California would be in the majority. We seem to be keep we keep pushing that in the future, don't we? No, I think it's happened. Uh, let's see, who is it? Russell Banks? Who? Somebody? You know, this business of creating a Creole nation. Um, I think it has happened. It's just that uh, for most people, you know, when they turn on the television, they seem to think. Uh, we're still living in a Eurocentric world, and I guess maybe, maybe we are, but... It's a mental thing. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, what, it's whatever you project. What I found this, this week was an article about a young man who is not... Uh, he was born here, but his parents are immigrants, and I want to send a copy of this essay to all those congressmen who were so stupid as to vote against the... the um, the bill, you know, the, what is the kids called it, their their dream. They wanted, their, their dream has been denied. And uh, uh, I think of all the talent they're going to waste. Uh, this young man is exactly the kind of citizen we want. He has, uh, it looks like he's uh, resurrected the Peace Corps. He's called the Peace Corps' brightest hope. His name is Rajiv Goyal, I'm probably mispronouncing it, G-O-Y-A-L. His folks come from uh, India, but they raised their three sons in Long on Long Island. And when he graduated, he said, oh, I'm going to go do a little payback. And his mother said, no, go to school, be a doctor. <laughs> but he joined the Peace Corps. He seems to be, oh, I think he's about 32 now. But this article is called Village Voice, meaning he's the voice of a village uh, in Nepal. He says it's Nepal that can teach us what to do. Uh, the article is written by Peter Hessler, H-E-S-S-L-E-R. It's in the current 
New Yorker, December 20 and 27. It's on the stands right now. It's a double issue. And this wonderful young man, let's see. Oh, he just got married last year. Uh, I was thinking, he and Lillian Carter, you remember Jimmy Carter's mother? She went off and joined Miss, the... Miss Lillian. Miss Lillian, yes. She went off and joined the Peace Corps, lost 30 pounds. She said it was terrible. She couldn't eat looking at all these problems. Anyway, um, uh, he's turned the whole thing around. He says they can teach us how to live. You know the sort of thing. Anyway, oh, yes. Here it says he's 31 years old but could pass for a college student. He's five and a half feet tall, dark skin, long-lashed eyes. Uh, he was in his career here, Peace Corps volunteer from 2001 to 2003. And, uh, oh gosh, the locals in this village in Nepal refer to him as Shiva, the god who is also the source of the Ganges River. Old folks in this village turn on a tap and they say, this is what he gave us. Now, this kid managed to bring water, water pipes yet, to this village. Uh, hmm. And, of course, since 2003, he's been running any number of other organizations. It's an exhaustive article. You have to buy it and read it. If you're a school teacher, you can take it to school. Uh, he, what is it? Uh, what did he do? It's so complicated. Uh, it's funny because he did what, I, I guess, it's the spirit of Christmas. You know, uh, he has what I call skill in action. Virtue is skill in action. Uh, he has the compassion of Christ, but he's also got the Buddhist wisdom, you know, uh, that is, get in there and do it. Virtue is not being a good guy, having good thoughts, or about pitying the poor, you know. Compassion is enlightened self-interest skills. Empathy can only get you so far. Of course, we, we know all this stuff, you know. The philosophers tell us that morality is the desire to lessen suffering in the world. But Congress... Congress doesn't get it. Their plan, you know, is to punish us. I wonder who those congressmen think is going to take care of them in their old age. I'm looking here in the article and tell you what this guy did. Uh, He's talking about, uh, oh, Lord, the the village. He saw all these women trudging, you know, sometimes six trips a day to bring water to the village. You got it? Okay, the nearest source of water was a spring that was more than two hours away by foot on steep mountain paths. Okay, they carried 16-liter aluminum jugs. Rajid said, you learn that not everything needs to be washed. Soap isn't always necessary. You waste a lot of water with soap. Of course, I didn't do this as well as they did, so I got sick. He caught a case of scabies so bad it scarred his arm. Anyway, uh, he struggles and he manages to get this job done. It's amazing. At the last minute, uh, after he's been out there, what, a year, a year and a half, they turn on the power and nothing happens. Oh, my God. Finally, 
uh, they figure out that there is something wrong, uh, something wrong with the electricity, and uh, they decide what they need to do is wait for India to go to sleep. This is weird. Uh, Mm -hmm. He had only a month left in the Peace Corps, and he had been failing to get these pumps to work to get the water to the village. And the local electrician suggested that the way to get the voltage up, he said, the, the local electrician said, all those bastards in India, they're using too much electricity. We got to wait till the middle of the night when all those people in India will be asleep. So a group of men hiked to the lowest pump station. While they waited for India to go to bed, they fished for salamanders. Uh, Rajiv was so depressed, he stayed home in bed. Three o'clock in the morning, neighbor woke him up, shouting, The water has come! They built, they built what is it, staircases at every level. Uh, water was rising in the pipes. Anyway, uh, they had the politically correct response for the occasion. Somebody went out and slaughtered a goat. Anyway, uh, people usually assume, you know, that the Peace Corps is some kind of idealistic grand idea. What this young man has to teach us is that, ah, what do we call that? Uh, less is more. You got to do things on... Uh, the village level. He doesn't want to do uh, the grand stuff. That's what gets gets us into trouble, is what I call the uh, edifice complex. You know, the guys that want to build giant dams and stuff. That's the way you wreck everything. Uh, we're down to the, what is it? We're down to the end of the article. I love the stuff about Diane Feinstein in here. you got to read it. Uh, it, what it does is it explains the, the method this young man uses. Uh, reminds me of FDR and some people. Oh, and Teddy Roosevelt. He just goes crashing into the senator's offices. Sometimes he pushes it too far, but most of the time he does one-on-one -on -one contacts. Uh, he goes to the offices and he tells them that the Peace Corps budget uh, let's see, $342 million in the year 2008. Uh, that's less than what the federal government spends on military bans, so on and so on. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm looking over here. Let me see if I can find the Diane Feinstein bit. Uh, he takes a, oh, he's talking to Diane Feinstein. And she says that a big increase for the Peace Corps would be very hard in this economic climate. Rajiv took a copy of the federal budget out of his pocket, and he says, Look at the foreign military finance. It's almost five and a half billion dollars. That includes a $1.2 billion increase. All we're asking for is dust compared to that. Uh, it's just $46 million. The senator raised her eyebrows. Just dust, Feinstein said. That's it. Well, she said, we'll take a look at it. Anyway, this bit goes on, and uh, he finally gets her attention, and she looks at the figures. Uh, money, 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 money. Uh, look up this article, folks. I think it's splendid. This has been Jennifer Stone, and I want you all to see if you can find an article, especially if you're a teacher, 
I want you to share this article called, yes, Village Voice, the voice of a village. This is a young man who's an American citizen. His parents were immigrants from India. And he's done a terrific, well, he's still out there. He's still working. Uh, this article is in the current New Yorker, the New Yorker for December 20th and 27th. In the year 2010, and it tells you all about how to hang out in the halls of Congress and get these guys by the short hairs and tell them there's going to be peace on earth and you guys are going to pay for it. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air next week at the same time. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Yo soy Silvia Reyesi. Yo soy Julieta Tisni. Aquí con la Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, bringing you noticias en español and in English. Música, poesía. Soy Nina Serrano, la Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, every Tuesday, 7 to 8. My name is Oscar Munia, la Raza Chronicles, here at KPFA 94.1 FM. Yo soy Vanessa Bohm, aquí con la Raza Chronicles. Crónicas de la Raza, every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m., bringing you noticias de la Raza Community. Yo soy Nicté, Crónicas de la Raza, todos los martes de 7 a 8 p.m. This is Maya, aquí con la Raza Crónicas, every Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m., worldwide at kpfa.org, and in the Bay at 94.1. Thank you.